We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Sunday morning to you. Rashini here along with Dr. David Hilden. It is a gorgeous day, the first Sunday in June. We're so happy you're with us for Healthy Matters. Today we're talking diabetes. We have a special guest with us today. Uh, But it has been sort of an active uh, week, Dr. Hilden. Lots of questions still abound about vaccinations with the different mandates lifting. And we'll try to get to some of those questions later in the show. But otherwise, we will focus on diabetes today. Indeed, we will. We're going to um, go to, in just a few minutes, uh, to Dr. Lisa Fish, who is the director of the Division of Endocrinology at Hennepin. And so uh, get your diabetes questions ready. It is a huge topic for so many people. But you're right, Rashini. it has been a, a, a busy week, and not the least of which because it's been so warm out. And uh, we're starting to see in our emergency department and our hospital um, heat-related issues and as uh, we just heard from Al Shaka, the, the heat advisory has been extended a few more days. And so if you or a loved one uh, is struggling with the heat, please do things to stay cool. Drink whatever amount of fluid you're drinking, non-alcoholic, non-caffeinated fluid, water, juice, tea, whatever you're drinking, drink more. <laughs> it's almost a, it's, it, if you're outside, if you're um, uh, working outside, Perhaps you are exercising or just going for a walk around the lake. Make sure you stay really well hydrated and then get back into a cooler area as soon as you can because the heat is actually quite dangerous for people. And then lastly, you are right um, about the the COVID vaccines. Um, we are really getting up to a good, well, not a, yeah, I'd say a good level of vaccinations. We still need more. So uh, we still need more of our population to be vaccinated to get to that area where we were a little bit safer for the whole community, but I am starting to see a normalcy or at least something looking like normalcy around our community. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's an interesting word, right? <laughs> what does that mean anymore? Yeah. Uh, but you can call and text us today, 651-989-9226. You know, Dr. Hilden, one question that comes up for me, and maybe that will kind of get people's uh, juices flowing with these questions is, can you get diabetes at any age? Or if you pass a certain age, are you kind of out of the danger zone? Yeah, it is a common question. And you can get diabetes at, at any age. We used to talk about diabetes as um, juvenile and adult onset diabetes. Those are clearly obsolete terms now. 
because um, juvenile used to be the term for type 1. And, and although many people get diagnosed with their type diabetes as children, many people get diagnosed with type, di type 1 diabetes much later into adulthood. And so it's at least possible that you have type 1 diabetes even as an adult. But the, the other one, the bigger one, the one that is far more common than type 1 is type 2 diabetes. That is, that can come on at any age. And, and, and it's typically for, we, we always used to think of it, well, that's the one you get as an adult. Well, we now have children uh, that, that get type 2 diabetes, and, and adults of just about every age are, getting, uh, are, are being diagnosed with that. So we're going to talk to Dr. Fish about that. We'll ask her about, well, how can I prevent getting diabetes? Or is, is it, am I just doomed? Is it genetic? Or is it what I eat? Is it related to my weight? And the hints to all those are yes, it is related to all those things. So we'll be talking to her about that. And before I, before we do go to the break in just a couple minutes, I will just give a little bit of an introduction to my guest, who is uh, Dr. Lisa Fish. Dr. Fish is the director of um, the Division of Endocrinology at Hennepin Healthcare. And a lot of people are thinking, well, what the heck's endocrinology? And uh, most people didn't you know, know what a cardiologist is or, or, or things like that. But do you know what an endocrinologist is? That's someone who deals with the glands in your body and the hormonal aspects of your body. Um, so things like thyroid disease are an endocrinologist. Diabetes, certainly. Um, uh, people who get diabetes during pregnancy, people who get diabetes um, and need an insulin pump, uh, all of those things are cared for by an endocrinologist. And there are other things as well. Osteoporosis, for instance, is in the realm of an endocrinologist as is adrenal glands, pituitary disorders, uh, ovarian issues for women and pregnancy and fertility issues. These are all endocrinologists. And so Dr. Fish is the director of an all-women department at Hennepin Healthcare. Each and every doctor and advanced practice provider is a woman in this department. And so uh, uh, we'll be talking to Dr. Fish about mostly diabetes today, but if you, have, if you do want to slip in a question about one of those other endocrinology issues, that would be okay as well. Yeah, well, that's great that you mentioned that. And, you know, it is interesting as you list off all of those areas, there are so many zones that endocrinology covers that help our body to function or get in the way when it's not functioning well. So that's pretty amazing, the work that she and her team do. Exactly. A lot of these things are you don't think about them until they go wrong. You know, how many of you have thought about your adrenal gland lately? You know, I don't think about mine very often, but you're going to think about it if it's not working. <laughs> I love it. We should we should have a future show and just talk about glands and, you know, do like a quiz on how many glands are there, all right? <laughs> Seriously, there's a lot. You know, everyone thinks about their heart. How do I stay heart healthy? Oh, everybody knows about that. But have you, I mean, do you think about very often about your pancreas? Well, that's, it's involved in your, in diabetes, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does really get, uh get ignored. That is true, the pancreas and some of those other organs. All right, we are talking diabetes today on Healthy Matters. It's a very serious topic, but a lot of myths still remain. So give us a call, give us a text, the number 651-989-9226. When we come back, we will meet Dr. Lisa Fish. We are back. As always, with Devin's good musical selections, we are covering diabetes. Dr. David Hilden, Rashini Rajkumar with you on this June 6th edition of Healthy Matters. We have a special guest, Dr. Hilden. 
Indeed, we have Dr. Lisa Fish, as I was saying before the break, is the director of the Division of Endocrinology at Hennepin Healthcare, and uh, she has uh, got experience in treating all types of uh, hormonal issues, including diabetes. Uh, Dr. Fish, welcome to the show. Thank you, David, and thank you for the nice discussion of what endocrinology is. You did a great job on that. Okay, I, I was wondering if, I, if you were listening in, if I was gonna, if I was gonna do that accurately, because uh, you know, I don't know about you, Lisa, but did, but did you know about all of those things when you went to medical school, or, or how do people get into endocrinology? Well, I guess for me, endocrinology it affects a lot of different things, but also there's a lot of figuring out how things work which is, is something I really find important, not just what went wrong, but why did it go wrong and what's the root cause and how can we fix that. So the endocrinology does a lot of that, which, which uh, is, is rewarding in medicine to, to figure out the cause and really try to get to that. And you do you do get to know your patients on a what we used to say a longitudinal basis because your patients come back to your endocrinologist and they get to know you, which is a nice thing about medicine. Not all areas of medicine do you get to know your patients that well. If you're a trauma surgeon, you fix their broken bone and then they move on. But in endocrinology, you do get to develop relationships with your patients, don't you? Yes, long-term relationships, which is wonderful. See them have their children and go through different life phases. It's It's great. Could you talk to us a little bit about our main topic this morning, uh, Lisa? Let's talk about diabetes. Start us out with uh, how common is it and talk a little bit about the difference between type 1 and type 2, if you could. Sure. Well, diabetes is really common. Currently, about 10% of the U.S. population has diabetes, which is a growing number and a large number. Um, The U.S. is the leading, has the leading prevalence of diabetes in the developed world. Um, In the world at large, though, diabetes is increasing at a dramatic rate. And the largest number, partly because of their populations, are in China and India. Um, But also the Middle East and Northern Africa have very high diabetes population numbers. Um, In our hemisphere, Mexico is is a bit higher than we are. But we're, we're right up there. And we're definitely higher than, as I say, the rest of the developed world in Europe. Um, And the reasons for that part of it is the increasing um, weight that people carry really throughout the world. Um, People over the last several decades have been uh, gaining weight and and we're all somewhat aware of that, but that has definitely fueled the explosion in, in diabetes. Do you think that's the main reason in the United States that it continues to be on the rise is that the, the, the prevalence of obesity and being overweight is on the rise? Is that the main cause? Yeah, I think worldwide that is felt to be the main cause and also in the U.S. I mean, there are a number of lifestyle issues. We know that the diet, what kinds of foods you eat, how much sweet um, liquids you drink and, and your um exercise, the amount of exercise, the frequency of exercise, those things do play a role. And there is a a genetic role, but a lot of us carry the genetics for type 2 diabetes. And really what matters is through our lives, how do we um, manage our our exercise, our food, our weight, um, and those things make it more or less likely that we will ever get diabetes. But the genetics, they say for many of us, are there because we developed over tens of thousands of years to not starve to death. And those same genes that let us not starve to death also 
result in us um, having a predisposition for diabetes. So, Dr. Fish, if my mom or dad has diabetes, am I destined to get it for sure? Well, with type 2 diabetes, if one parent has it, it's a 1 out of 3 chance. And if two parents have it, it's a 2 out of 3 chance. So it's not absolute, but it, it is a significant increased risk. And, and of course, the habits of, of exercise, weight, diet, all those things run in families as well. Um, so it's kind of a combination of things. But the genetics for type 2 are quite strong. Um, you did ask a little bit about type 1 diabetes, and that is a much less common thing. It's only about 10% of the total diabetes is type 1. And, and that does not run as strongly in families, and that is an autoimmune disorder where the body stops making insulin. Um, whereas with type 2 diabetes, you actually make more insulin than, than might be considered normal, but you're resistant to the effects of insulin. So they're, they're quite different diseases, but both result in high blood sugars. It's almost unfortunate that they're named the same thing because they are so different, type 1 and type 2. Could you, could you talk a little bit about, you said insulin. It's even, this is a word that is almost in the common language now. People talk about insulin all the time because our politicians are talking about it. And, oh, insulin's expensive. There's laws made that have the word insulin in it. And people talk about, I have to get my insulin from here, there, and the other place. Could you just give us the insulin 101? What does it do? And, and what, what is the problem in diabetes with insulin? Sure. So insulin is a, is a peptide, so that means it's a protein, and it's made in the beta cells of the pancreas. So the pancreas does two things. It helps us digest our food and it makes hormones. And insulin is one of the main hormones that it makes. And, and insulin is released by the pancreas when we're eating and when we eat particularly carbohydrate foods to keep our blood sugar normal. So the body tries to keep the blood sugar between 70 and 140 most of the time. And, and insulin is, is the major way that we do that. So insulin lets the, the, breakdown product of glucose from our food get into the cells where it's used for fuel. So we need insulin for the body to function normally. And and when the body stops making insulin, then the cells can't get fuel and the blood sugar builds up. Um, when the body's resistant to insulin, the insulin is being made, but it's not working properly at the muscle cells and at the liver cells. And so there's a problem still with the glucose not getting used properly and the, the blood sugar getting higher. All right, doctors, we've got a lot of texts coming in. I want to remind people of the phone and text number. It's the same, 651-989-9226. This listener asks, does type 2 diabetes always turn into type 1? Well, that's an interesting question. What we know is that over over 20 years, people with type 2 diabetes usually end up on insulin. So they may start with diet and exercise, then they may take some pills for a little bit, then they might, um, you know, need, eventually need insulin. And, and the main reason for that is that insulin production as we age does decline. So in a sense, it's not autoimmune type 1, but people as they get older can end up with what we call low insulin output diabetes, where they need to take insulin and the pills no longer work for them. Um, so in, in a sense, they go from having insulin resistance and high insulin levels to having lower insulin levels over time. 
All right. And Dr. Fish, one quick question we'll try to get to within about 45 seconds. What is the What are the pros and cons of using metformin for diabetes? Well, metformin is a, is a great medication. It does a lot of things. And I talked about getting to the root causes of why we have various disorders in our bodies. And metformin gets to what the problem is with type 2 diabetes and that it makes us more sensitive to insulin. And at the same time, it also works to lower our cholesterol a little bit. It works to lower our blood pressure a little bit. It doesn't cause us to gain weight. So it's it's an excellent medicine as an initial medicine for diabetes and sometimes even for pre-diabetes to prevent diabetes from developing. All right, we do have to go to break. Uh, it's Today we have special guest, Dr. Lisa Fish. She's an endocrinologist and, as always, your host, Dr. David Hilden. They will take your calls and texts when we return, 651-989-9226. We are back on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden, our special guest, Dr. Lisa Fish. She's the director of the Division of Endocrinology at Hennepin Healthcare, and we are talking diabetes. Get your calls and texts in, 651-989-9226, and I will give you a hint. We're getting lots of texts. I will try to get to those. Promise I will get to you if you call us, so 651 989 9226. Doctors, lots of questions coming in about metformin. Uh, one person is CJ from Champlin is saying there have been warnings about metformin being unsafe. What is your opinion or explanation of that reporting? Uh, metformin is one of the most widely prescribed medications of all, in of, of, of anything. Uh, and it has um, the the Data on the on metformin are very strong uh, on its ability to control diabetes. Diabetes isn't curable, but controllable with metformin, and it's it's so strong that it's a type one or it's a a, a strong first line medication. It doesn't mean there aren't some downsides to every medication. Uh, there's there, we don't prescribe a single medication that doesn't have some uh, effects. Every single thing we do has some effect um, on the negative. But the on balance, it's overwhelming how helpful metformin is. And when we get Dr. Fish back, if she has additional comments about that, uh, we can ask her. I think we had a bad connection there. But I prescribe metformin all the time. It is considered the number one medication for diabetes. And here's one more question on metformin. Does it bring on Alzheimer's? That one I'm going to defer to Dr. Fish on. Uh, I, have, I, I don't think there is any... Uh, direct evidence that that occurs. But, you know, you can always find something uh, that uh, an association, in other words, oh, wow, they had a whole bunch of people who developed Alzheimer's, and then of those, a whole bunch of people were also on metformin. So it seems like is there some association between those two? Uh, Causative, did one cause the other? That is not such a strong, uh, uh, that isn't strongly known. All right. Do we have Dr. Fish back? Are you back with us? Uh, we're working on it right now. I okay, will uh, get good. it back on ASAP. Okay. I do want to, before we do get Dr. Fish back, and I, I'll, I can continue to take other questions with my somewhat less expert uh, guidance, but I do want to tell people if you want uh, or are in need of a doctor, I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about the endocrine division at Hennepin Healthcare. 
They are a, a group of uh, outstanding physicians, advanced practice providers like nurse practitioners and physician assistants. They have diabetes educators. They can get you on insulin pumps. They can get you the medications, including all of those new medications that are advertised on TV endlessly. The, I joke about that. The, the, the medications you see and hear advertised on television are either something that end in the letters AB because they're biologic medications for rheumatologic conditions usually, or they're diabetes medications. A lot of those fancy things you're seeing about with people running around in fields and, and you know with their flowing skirts and the guys wearing nice sunglasses and all these beautiful little pictures, half of those are for, <laughs> half of those are for diabetes uh, because there are so many, because the medications do work. And so, but if you have questions about any of that and need an endocrinologist, I recommend Dr. Fish and her whole team of doctors at Hennepin Healthcare. It's easy to get a hold of them. Just remember the number 612-873-MYMD, 612-873-MYMD, or often even an easier way, go to hennepinhealthcare.org. I recommend you do that anyway for all the latest information. Um, about the healthcare system, about COVID, or about how to get an endocrinologist. That's 612-873-MYMD or hennepinhealthcare.org. All right, let's go back to the test lines. Dr. Fish is back with us. Uh, This person says, our clinic has fasting blood tests for diabetes in an upper range of 110. Isn't that too high not to be concerned? The the diabetes is blood sugar over 100. So I And that American Diabetes Association is widely accepted. I'm not sure where 110 came from, um, but, but I'm sorry, normal. Wait a minute. I'm con- normal is, is under 100 testing. Diabetes is over 125. So, so the one is kind of an in-between number. So normal below 100. With diabetes, we have normal, we have in-between, which is kind of pre-diabetes, and then we have diabetes. So diabetes is over 125, normal is under 100, and then there's the in-between area. And that's where there's some concern, but you don't have diabetes yet. Okay. Here's another text question. What causes a pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor? Could it be COVID-related? So the a neuroendocrine tumor is a type of a tumor that um, it's sort of one of uh, it can be in other places of your body as well, uh, and uh, but one of the common places is in your pancreas, and it is one of those that's a little bit challenging to diagnose sometimes because it's not like this big grapefruit size thing. Often it's just a little small little thing, um, and the pancreas is a hard organ to come up with. A, a, a diagnosis with because it's buried deep inside and you often have vague symptoms. I am not aware of a connection to COVID and I believe that was the question here. Is there is there a connection to, to COVID-19? And I think that there could be, everything we say about COVID-19 could be different in six months or six years. But you know, it's all at this point, any connection with a relatively uh, less common tumor like neuroendocrine is is largely just speculation. We don't we would have nowhere near enough evidence to say that, oh yeah, COVID leads to neuroendocrine tumors. It is um, no way would we have enough um, information there. So anybody who's telling you that it's for sure is being a little bit over aggressive in their prediction skills, I would say. Absolutely. It's not impossible, but it's certainly not established. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll try to regroup uh, with uh, Dr. Fish here. And uh, again, give us a call. Give us a text, 651-989-9226. 
We are talking sugar, insulin, diabetes on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar back with you along with your host, Dr. David Hilden, and our special guest today, Dr. Lisa Fish. She's the director of the Division of Endocrinology at Hennepin Healthcare. We have lots of calls coming in on 651-989-9226 and many, many texts, so I'll ask our callers to be as brief as possible. Let's start with Helen in Mound. Good morning, Helen. Uh, Good morning. I'm wondering if there is any relationship between muscle, onset of muscle and joint aches with spikes in blood blood sugar. Yes, certainly anything that causes pain or that causes stress will raise your blood sugar. And that's because our body also makes hormones that respond to stress, which kind of oppose the action of insulin. So, so painful or stressful events do cause higher blood sugars, and, and joint problems can be one of those. Okay. Let us go to Nancy in Minneapolis. Good morning, Nancy. Oh, yes. My question is much like uh, the previous caller. I was wondering about stress. I live in a neighborhood where all these random killings are occurring, and um when I'd gone to bed at night, my blood sugar was 110, and then I heard on the news a man was shot a block away and found dead, and, you know, the police were combing the neighborhood. And my blood sugar zoomed up from 110 to 204, and then once things calmed down, it, it dropped down to, uh, like, 60. And I'm, can stress really do that to you? Definitely, yes. You you make powerful hormones for your body to get ready for fight and flight, and, and those hormones raise your blood sugar, and then when things calm down and those hormones go away, your blood sugar will drop. And, and we call those anti-insulin hormones, um, but they are important hormones for your body, and, and that's a normal thing that you're experiencing, and I'm sorry you're in a neighborhood that's so stressed. All right, reminding you the number to call our doctors today, 651-989-9226. You can both call or text on that number. Joy is on the phone from St. Paul. Hi, Joy. Hi. Uh, My question is, do endocrinologists work with open wounds? Uh, The answer is that we see people that have problems with wounds um, that aren't healing. But no, we specifically don't do the wound care. There is a separate clinic for wound care and the podiatrists work very carefully with people specifically who have problems with their feet. I'd like to, uh, that's a, uh, an interesting point because uh, as Dr. Fish said, you um, di- people with diabetes often have wounds and we have a really good multidisciplinary program at Hennepin, as do many healthcare systems that include surgeons, endocrinologists, and at Hennepin we even have a, a hyperbaric chamber, which is a very unique um, program. So we have a center for wound healing. If you have a question about a wound that isn't healing, you maybe don't want to call your endocrinologist first, but you could call our Center for Wound Healing and go to hennepinhealthcare.org for more information on that. All right. Great information, Dr. Hilden. Uh, Mike is on the line from Roseville. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, do they even check for uh, insulin levels in your blood? I've never. I've been a diabetic for 15 years, and I think they just check blood sugar. How do they know what your insulin is doing? Yeah, so insulin levels are, uh, we don't measure them directly um, because uh, they do fluctuate high and low and high and low all day long. And in a type 2 diabetic, it's likely to be very high, even though you have diabetes. You have plenty of insulin in t- in at least the first few decades of type 2 diabetes. Your body just doesn't use it well. So it wouldn't be helpful to uh, to measure insulin. 
Instead, we measure blood sugar and then see how your body is doing in responding to that sugar. All right, Dr. Hilden, Pastor Jake has this question. I've been diagnosed with gastroparesis. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Gastroparesis. Paresis. My blood sugars have been out of control. There's a lot of pain and discomfort. I've been seeing my endo and GI. Sometimes I don't feel very listened to. What should I do? Gastroparesis is a condition where gastrostomach paresis or paresis is weakness. Things don't move um, quickly through your stomach. In other words, it's a motility problem. And that is a, it's a complication of diabetes that we don't talk about as much. There's so many complications of diabetes, and this is one of them. You can go to your gastroenterologist. You can go to your endocrinologist. And I appreciate that the caller doesn't feel listened to, but the problem is that they might be actually listening to you. They just don't have a great answer. Uh, there are not loads of great um, treatments for gastroparesis, although there are some. There are some medications that can help move things through your stomach. There are stomach stimulators some of the medical device companies make, and so there aren't just tons of options. But continue to see a, a multidisciplinary approach, meaning as a gastroenterologist and endocrinologist, and if you don't, if you're not loving the ones you have, look for a different one. Yeah, and that's true. We do expect doctors uh, like you and others to know everything, but uh, the human body is very dynamic and each body is very different. This one, I'm, I'm going to not read the exact text because this person's a little upset, but when you mentioned the entire endocrinology staff um, is women, they're wondering why there are no men. And I'm just curious, is it a field that more women go into than men, or is it just kind of one of those coincidences at Hennepin Healthcare? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a coincidence at Hennepin that they're all women. Uh, we don't have any hiring practices that say you have to be one or the other. Uh, there are many um, and you ask your hospital system, wherever you might live, there are all kinds of divisions of, of healthcare systems that are all men. Yeah, that, that's very common. Uh, and so it's just a little unusual that they all happen to be women at Hennepin Healthcare. Now, it's not a huge department. Dr. Fish doesn't lead 150 people, and they all, they're all women. That would be a little bit fishy, uh, not to use a, a, a pun there. No pun intended. No yeah. pun intended. It is a half a dozen people. And uh, many women do go into endocrinology. And frankly, more than half of medical schools now are generally women. And much of the subspecialty training is in women. And so when you have a job opening that's only every couple of years, um, it's just likely that those, that person might be a woman. It's certainly not anything um, planned. It is certainly not, I wouldn't say any, I, I happen to absolutely be thrilled about it because, you know, you do have other places that are all men after all. All right, so we'll try to get our last caller in, and then we have an interesting Twitter question. Uh, Jim is on the line from Minnetonka. I'll ask Jim to be brief if he can. Hi, Jim. Hi. Yes, thank you for taking the call. Uh, real quickly, I know I, I've been on a, a weight loss journey, and I've lost over 186 pounds. And my family physician basically kind of says we don't know what to do with you now because my A1C numbers have been at 4.7. So I guess my question is, is do I need to still be on the regimen for diabetes and can you be labeled not a diabetic if my numbers have been coming in that low? We'll go to Dr. Fish. Are, are you with us? Yep, great. Yes, go I, ahead. I, yes, I, uh, congratulations on losing all that weight. That's very impressive. Certainly people can get rid of diabetes. In other words, with, with type 2 diabetes where you're making insulin and then you do things that make your body more sensitive to insulin, the diabetes can go away. Um, so I, I think if you on no medication, have a normal A1C, you would no longer have a diagnosis of diabetes, which is a wonderful thing. 
All right. So maybe it was because I was tweeting about Dr. Fish and Dr. Hilden's diabetes uh, edition today, but showing up on my Twitter feed is Diabetic Dad UK. So he looks like he is a podcaster and writer out of the UK, and he says, "Do you know your diabetes rapper name?" And I, I certainly don't. What he says it is, it's Lil L A L. Followed by the last diabetes thought or action you had or did. So, Dr. Fish and Dr. Hilden, do you two, can we come up with your your diabetes rapper names? I had a very lovely cookie yesterday. So, I'm Lil Cookie. Lil Cookie. Okay. (laughs) Dr. Fish, how about you? Yeah, I don't know. I might be a little ice cream cone, I'm afraid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, so people out there can have a little fun with with that. Let's get in um, a couple really quick ones. Uh, can you talk about Invokana, please? So Invokana is a new type of medication, although it's been out for a number of years now, that helps the body lose some glucose, particularly after you eat a meal and the glucose comes out in your urine. And so people have... Um, it, it helps reduce after-meal blood sugars a bit, and it helps a bit with weight loss. Okay, thanks for being so quick there. Well, we're winding it down. Uh, Dr. Fish, it was great to have you on. We'll have you back because we certainly did not get to all of the questions. But how can people reach you, Dr. Fish, during the week with direct questions to you and your team? Well, I think that number that you gave, the, the 612-873-MYMD, is a good way to call in and We have nurses in the diabetes clinic, and we have diabetes educators, as well as our team of physicians and uh, nurse practitioners. Excellent. And then, as always, during the week, you can tweet Dr. Hilden and me with your questions or thoughts at Dr. David Hilden, at Dr. David Hilden, or at Rashini R. Uh, Dr. Hilden, a few uh, final thoughts from you. Well, I hope everybody has a great week. I want to thank my colleague, Dr. Lisa Fish, for her expertise today. Do check us out at HennepinHealthcare.org, and you can look up Dr. Fish and her entire division of endocrinology at HennepinHealthcare.org. Have a great week. Stay cool. Stay out of the heat. And we will be back next Sunday, 7 a.m. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.